Corinthians chapter 1, verses 1-11. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, to the church of God in Corinth, together with all the saints throughout Achaia. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise to be the God and Father to our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles, so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves have received from God. For just as the sufferings of Christ flow over into our lives, so also through Christ our comfort overflows. If we are distressed, it is for your comfort and salvation. If we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which produces in our patient endurance of the same sufferings we suffer. And our hope for you is firm, because we know that just as you share in our sufferings, so also you share in our comfort. We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers about the hardships we suffered in the province of Asia. We were under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure, so that we despaired even of our life. Indeed, in our hearts, we felt the sentence of death, but this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God, who raises the dead. He has delivered us from such a deadly peril, and he will deliver us. On him we have set our hope that he will continue to deliver us, as you help us by your prayers. Then many will give thanks on your behalf for the gracious favor granted us in answer to the prayers of many. Actually, am I coming? Okay, great. Sorry for the little bit of technical difficulty there. Um, but um, I wanted to introduce our special guest speaker today, although he really, you know, as the cliche goes, d needs no introduction because we know him so well and love him um, so much. Um, pastor Kareem is a pastor of Graffiti Church and has been a longtime friend of Compass Fellowship Church. Um, you know, Sister Janelle sent me a, an email about, like, what, what new information I could share about him today. And it says here that his, his wife, Teresa, is with him, but I think that's not true. Oh, is that... You know what? We've had other people have problems with that. So she will be here soon, and um, and also she he recently became an empty nester, something that I'm looking forward to. You know, 15 or 16 years. Yeah, I'm not sure. <laughs> All right, let's please welcome uh, Pastor Kareem. All right, what a joy to be with you all got to do everything different. Now, I'm going to stay back here so that our friends over here can see me, right? I take this off when I'm up here. Is that right? Yeah. Just making sure. And I brought a guitar. I was going to borrow your guitar, because it, but it seems far away. The wire. But I brought my. What do you think? I'd rather use yours, I think. Is that okay? Yeah. So I'll start with a song. But first, um, greeting. Yeah, so Gab Teresa's here. She did make it. And Kenny is here, too. So they did make it after some parking um, uh, 
I don't want to say challenges. That was pretty quick, considering this is Manhattan, folks, right? So uh, what a blessing to be with you. I am going to, uh, whenever I come, it's like I could spend all my time just saying thank you. And that's probably what I should do, is just say thank you. I'm so grateful uh, for Compass Fellows. All of us at Graffiti are in all the ways that you partner with us, that you support us financially, that you come out for FLIP, uh, my friendship with your awesome pastor. I'm not as good looking or intelligent or as critical a thinker or as Bible a scholar, scholar about, scholar, I don't know, you can't even say the word, but uh, I know you know you're blessed to have your pastor. Uh, since I've been in the new role of senior pastor at Graffiti, I, I've always appreciated pastors. I think I always begin whenever my guest preachers say, appreciate your pastor. I don't know you guys do that. But now that I'm in that new role where I can't just say, ask Taylor or blame Taylor or, you know, it's uh, I that much more appreciate you, Pastor Daniel, and appreciate your church the way you as a family um, serve the Lord, support your pastor, and work together. So today I'm really excited. I already made a point. The first part of my sermon is about spending time giving thanks to Compass Fellowship, which is based on the scripture. I'm not making this stuff up. But I this is just intro, and I'm saying thank you. I hope you hear my heartfelt gratitude for the partnership. We're all going through this pandemic together, um, but I'll be honest, Free Lunch in the Park is a program that you guys have been such great partners with on Saturday. The large majority of our FLIP partners have stopped coming since the pandemic. I mean, and no blame, no shame, no shade. I'm not throwing shade. I know it's on the internet. Love all of our FLIP partners. But you guys have been so faithful in continuing to partner with us and support us uh, in ways that very few have have done so, and I just thank you guys. Thank you guys so much. Um, so I'm gonna start with this song. Uh, I think I said last time, you know, oh man, if I could bring Teresa one time, like maybe she'll do an interpretive dance while I'm doing a song. So, and she doesn't like to be nervous before something. So I said, I just wait and I'll just bring it on her right now. Kenny's here too. Kenny's also a dancer. Either you guys wanna like dance to the song I'm about to do, just kind of as it's going. You'd have to stay in this frame for the sake of the people on Zoom. So you have this much room. Do you want to do it? Okay. This. Do you want to do it? <laughs> like you're crazy. So the song that I'm gonna do today is the theme of the sermon. It's been the theme of my life these last several years. Um, you can call it uh, learning to sing the blues. Though this is not a blues song, um, but the theme of my life. These last few years, and my spiritual journey, I should say, it's not like so much bad as ever, is this phrase grief and gratitude. Grief and gratitude. The reason why for me is that, like, I know how to do gratitude. Like, oh, just see the good in everything and look on the bright side, look on the sunny side of life. You know, try to be optimistic all the time. Pastor Taylor and I used to call it a pronoia. Paranoia is like, you think everything bad is always going to happen. You just think it's all good, and you don't acknowledge sometimes the bad and the hard. Um, or sometimes when we're grieving, we can't see enough to give thanks. Sometimes we're just overwhelmed by the grief. So I feel like I'm trying to practice something called grief and gratitude, to do better about saying this is a hard thing. And give gratitude at the same time. Pandemic has certainly helped us all practice that, right? Have you not been giving thanks throughout? 
Yeah, like God is so good. And have you not also grieved throughout? Grieve, that's what I'm trying to learn. It's not either or. I've always kind of think, uh, happy or sad, you know, good or bad, grief or gratitude. But I'm realizing, and uh, 1 Corinthians is a great picture of that. It's grief and gratitude. We come today lamenting, right? Lamenting war in Ukraine, lamenting pandemic, lamenting injustices for the poor, racial injustice. We come, and if we don't do that, then our praise is kind of really kind of surface. And that's what I wonder sometimes. Do I look like a politician glad-handing? Oh, so nice to meet you. Let me kiss your baby. God is good. You know, yeah, we got to be grateful, but from the depth of life is pain. <laughs> but I thank God that we're not alone in this pain that he's with us. So this is all in the form of introduction of the song, and then I'm gonna say more thank yous, and then we're gonna get into God's word, is that okay? It's scary here because um, I don't have a clock. You guys are so good, we just wanna worship the Lord, it's good, but I, I confess, I've, for years I've, I am led by the clock, not by the spirit, you know what I mean? And that's not good, right? Just, Teresa's like, just let the Lord lead you, but bellies do i have to listen for the bellies grumbling or do you guys have a time that you could help me stick to what time do you like to wrap it up see you guys are also spiritual you don't want to say it okay i'm gonna i need i need a timekeeper maybe peter what time is it now and you usually wrap around when 1240. See, Dan Daniel can do it. What he just said was, you have 31 minutes. Not a second more. No, I'm just kidding. All right, so let's, um, yeah, let's do the song. This is called Grief and Praise. No one here is old enough to remember the band um, uh, Toad the Wet Sprocket. Oh, don't show your age. Don't show. This is their lead singer in his solo career. Uh, the song's called Grief and Praise. Oh, thank you for that. I do need that. Do you want me to use my, my guitar that already has a strap? Is that easier? Or can yeah. you do that pretty quick? I can do it. I'm really excited. You know, when I, when I come and Sulgi is playing the, the drums, I'm so happy. So happy. Then today, Ed was playing the drums, and I'm so happy. What I am most excited about before the empty nest comes is to see the family band. Is that happening yet? Is there a family band emerging? Not yet. Kenny plays everything, but he usually plays drums at graffiti, but today he played bass. Stevie usually plays bass. He's up at UMass. We are empty nesters, because Steven is up at the University of Massachusetts. Um, Gabby usually sings and plays keyboard, but she um, is hopefully on her way to visit as well, um, and maybe to eat some of your food. I don't know. We'll see. Her and her husband, CJ. So we are empty nesters. Since last I saw you, Kenny's graduated college. Gabrielle and CJ got married, and Stephen has flown the nest for the moment. So appreciate your prayers, guys, and um, so grateful for all of you, how uh, loving you always are to me. I always feel like I could go so long, not just because I'm long-winded, I just love being with you guys and, you know, smile. I see the smiles, you know, I don't see your, your, your lips, but I see the eyes, you're smiling back. So uh, thank you so much. I don't want to go. This song is called, as I said, Grief and Praise, and it's for me 
this journey I'm on, it's what the scripture is instructing us in today, and what I hope to share with you, it's both. Let's be honest, it's hard. It's a hard day for the world. It's hard in your own lives. I don't know what you're going through, um, but somehow in that we can have grief and praise. Oh, you sisters encircled, children of mine, you humble my heart and sharpen my mind. Though scattered and weary, the change is upon us. We are bound till the end. A family, I promise, and all that you love will be taken someday by the angel of death or the servants of change. In a flood water tide without rancor or rage. You can help me with this part. Sing loud while you're able. In grief and in praise. Let's try that together. Sing loud while you're able in grief and praise. Sing loud while you're able in grief and in praise. In grief and in praise. That's going to come up a couple more times, okay? For so many years, we swam into the tide and we would not abandon. Heroic and kind, shared our sweat and our shelter, our bodies and blood. Godspeed and good fortune, I will miss you, my love. For all that you love will be taken someday by the angel of death. Or the servants of change in a flood water tide without rancor or rage. This is you. Sing loud while you're able. In grief and in praise. Sing loud while you're able. In grief and in praise. Let's do that again one more time. Sing loud while you're able. In grief and praise. Sing loud while you're able. In grief and in praise. Now we meet at the well of sorrow, dug down in the heart of the earth, to be joined at its source to the spring of hope. Drink deep while you can. Give thanks for your thirst. For all that you love will be taken someday by the angel of death or the servants of change in a flood water tide without rancor or rage. Together, sing with me. Sing loud while you're able in grief and in praise. Ready? Sing loud while you're able in grief and in praise. Let's do that a few times. Sing loud while you're able. Sing loud while you're able, in grief and in praise, in grief and in praise. Sing loud while you're able. Sing loud while you're able, in grief and in praise. Sing loud while you're able, in
Glenn Phillips, and he, he does a great job of that. He is the songwriter, after all. Um, and that really resonated with me. He's a person who's real honest about his journey of doubt. And um, I don't want to label him, whether whatever, but uh, he writes these great songs about uh, uh, just being honest about that journey, you know, in grief, grief and praise, Glenn Phillips. So uh, thank you for praying. Thank you for reading the scripture already. But I'll just read little pieces, and we will journey together through it. Um, and let's start right from verse 1 and 2. Uh, this is, of course, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 1 to 11. It says, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, to the church of God in Corinth, together with all his holy people throughout Achaia. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I love, you know, the New Testament. If it's anything besides the Gospels, the story of Jesus with his followers on earth, those you know, three years of ministry, plus his birth, of course, um, it's these letters, right? Of course, there's a revelation at the end. John gets revelation from the Lord and writes about it. But so much of it is letters, and it's letters to churches. And it's this reminder that though I think what we have is so special, graffiti and compass fellowship, it's so special that we are we cry together, we laugh together, we serve together, we partner together. This is how the Lord intended it. All of the New Testament speaks of this. This church brings you greeting. I, Paul, an apostle, bring you greetings from the other churches I visit. We are one kingdom. We are one family in Christ. And we have sometimes in Christianity built lots of castles. And we don't get to interact you know, but you have been intentional at being on mission, not only with Graffiti Church, but with churches across the globe, churches in Metro New York Baptist, because, not cause, just because you're generous, not just because you're awesome, not just because you are loving, but because this is how the New Testament instructed us. I wonder sometimes, I don't believe God has a scorecard for us. I think we're here because of his grace and mercy, but I wonder if one of the things the Lord, I know he would say, you know, I was hungry, did you feed me? That's as clear as Genesis to Revelation, care for the poor. And you guys partner with us and participate with us. But I wonder if this would be a question like, uh, hey, Graffiti Church, uh, how much have you fellowshiped with and partnered with and worshiped with other churches? You know, you guys are so intentional. Let's face it, Pastor Daniel Lee is a great preacher. You guys don't need me today. But he has been so intentional about inviting partners, inviting other people, so that we can do this together. And this is a reminder. This is how Paul opens the letter. You know, thank you that a church over here has helped support a church over there. I mentioned FLIP. Community Day is something you guys created with graffiti. You know, let's do something for the community. Medical screening, dental screening. And of course, we did that event. And then we've done some Flip Plus, which looks like Community Day right after Flip. But every year, you guys have said, you know what? We want to keep partnering with you. Those Community Day funds, we're going to send it to graffiti. Bless your community. Show them God's love in a tangible way. So you guys support us in so many ways. Community Day, free lunch in the park, friendship, worship, financial support. We're so grateful for you. And I feel like that is what the Bible says. At the beginning of every letter, Paul does one of those greetings. From this church, that church, and everywhere church, I send you these three things. This letter doesn't say it in the way you see it, but it's implied because in almost every letter. Grace and peace. Grace and peace. Grace and peace. But then often he says this, and this is what I want to say to you today. I thank God 
every time I think of you. That's one of my favorite verses, and it's not just in one place. It's almost every letter he said. You know, they talk about Corinth having some struggles, I guess. That's kind of historically, they, you hear people talk about those kinds of things. Um, so maybe he didn't start right off with a thank you. I don't know, like, why it's not. And they've written so many of the letters. It's grace and peace, grace and peace, grace and peace. And then I thank God every time I think of you. Every time. And that's true for me, uh, for your church. I'm so grateful for you. Let's keep going. I reversed for just my purposes today. Um, a lot of the Psalms will start with praise, and then there'll be lament, then there'll be praise at the end. A lot of the Psalms will start with praise, and we'll get into the lament. And others will start with lament and get into the praise. Because the phrase that I've been wrestling with in my spiritual is, is grief and gratitude, I flipped. I'm starting with verse 8 instead of verse 3. Because I want to talk about the gratitude first. I mean, the grief first. Because for me, everyone's different. For me, like I have to learn how to be honest about that. That's just harder for me. It's harder, easier for me to say, praise God, everything's good, when it's not. Oh, it's all good, it's all good. It's not. So I'm having to learn, kind of get into the grief, read those lament psalms, learn how to sing the blues. So we're going to start with verse 8, if that's okay. Um, we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about the troubles we experienced in the province of Asia. Troubles. We were under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure, so that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt we had received the sentence of death. But this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. He has delivered us from such a deadly peril, and he will deliver us again. On him we have set our hope that he will continue to deliver us as you help us by your prayers. Then many will give thanks on our behalf for the gracious favor granted us in answer to the prayers of many. See how, like, I just don't see this often in the rugged, individualism that is, you know, evangelical Christianity. I don't hear us a lot of times talking about, I don't hear myself, the mirror's on me, being honest about words like troubles, great pressure, beyond our ability, despaired of life itself. We felt like we had a sentence of death. Now, aren't you glad you brought a cheerful preacher in today? Woohoo! But there's something about our praise can be so high and so, dare I say, authentic and real when we are being vulnerable. Now I know what the rav is. I wrote in my notes rav, and I have no idea what that meant. I'm like rav4, Toyota, Honda. What is rav? That's what it was. The way our praise, the way our life in Christ can be real and authentic, that's what Rav is. We have to learn to be vulnerable. That's what Rav, thank you, Lord. So the idea is that everything's fine. We're great, praise the Lord. We're more than conquerors, amen. That's scripture, we need to claim victory, yes. But the way to Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, is sometimes through Psalm 22, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? We gotta be honest about the pain so that we can be honest about the praise. Rav, that's what it is. Real, authentic, vulnerable. We got to get this. So I, this is an encouragement to me because I always feel a little guilty. 
if I talk about hard times, because I don't want to bum you out. I don't want to bum me out. And I always heard this from people and myself. I don't want to be ungrateful. So as if being honest about your pain is being ungrateful. It's not. I'm learning that we have to have grief and gratitude. We have to be honest about this is hard. We're all praying for Ukraine, and it's hard for all of us because we can't fix it with our hands, with our dollars. It's beyond. The pandemic, we couldn't. The world couldn't contain it. And that's hard. But when we can be honest about that, we can be honest like this. Thank you, God, I'm not alone in this. That I don't have to fix the world problem. That I can trust you. That you're with us through it. And then my praise is real because my grief was real. I'm trying to learn how to have grief and gratitude. And um, the scripture certainly helps us with that. I have a tendency, and I've shared this with you before. Um, like many of us, we have struggles in our mood. Dare I say some of us struggle with depression. I myself have that struggle. And I've found in my life that my depression is often triggered by my suppression and my repression. Like, oh, no, it's fine. Something's really hard for me. Oh, it's good. It's good. It's all good. It's, all, it's no, no problem. And it gets worse. It doesn't get better when I do that, you know? I suppress it, then I repress it some more. But God has often helped me in my journey with depression through expression. When I could learn like the scripture does, like David did, to lament and to say it out loud, not to be stuck in it, not to be, uh, who's one of those cartoon characters that's like always in a bad mood? Um, not Debbie Downer, she's not a cartoon character. Eeyore, you know, but Debbie Downer's a good example. I'm not saying stuck there, like you're always just a bummer, you know? I'm saying be real about what is hard so that the Lord can be real in the victory over it and in your ability to praise him in the midst of it, right? So for me, learning to grieve is important. It's not easy, but I'm working on it. I'll never forget, you know, one of the funnest things, one of the places I quote the most, Daniel, or Danny, they call you Danny sometimes, I feel like. When you were on sabbatical and I preached, everyone said, Pastor Danny, Pastor Danny. I had so much fun. Mona, do you have a nickname too? Are you Moni or something? No. Just Mona? Yeah. Um, being at the ordination council. Being at ordination council, I found some of the most quotable stuff because, you know, you grill these guys with theology. Do you really believe the Bible? You know, Are you really called? Are you really committed? You know, And then when it's done, you're friends again. And Pastor Daniel said, go around the room and give a word of encouragement to those that we have just, you know, grilled or whatever, and, you know, going to recommend them to the church. The church ordains, not this council, but was part of the council. Um, I remember at Pastor Johnny's, um, so many good ones. Uh, one of the ones that I, I quote all the time is, um, preaching easy, practicing hard. That's just gold, man. Preaching easy, practicing hard. That was gold. The other one, Tom Richter talked about, um, you know, as, as you pursue to be the most successful Christian, believer, follower of Jesus, in this case, pastor, remember the most successful throughout the whole Bible was Jonah. And the least successful was Jeremiah. And he went on to say, uh, Jonah was not faithful, was disobedient, didn't love the people that God called him to, but he preached one sermon, and they all came to repentance. That's success. Jeremiah, his whole ministry, decades, 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 faithful, 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 and not a convert. So that was a great reminder of 
what are we shooting for? Are we shooting for success? Or are we shooting for faithfulness? Um, but this one I want to share with you about brokenness. I've been to two ordination services since the, Pastor Johnny's. And in the most broken way a human can tell another broken, a human can tell another human advice, this minister said to the newly, you know, almost newly ordained minister, he said, the key to your ministry is your brokenness. I went to another ordination guy, said the same thing. And the point was, if it's all good, just praise. I got no grief. I got no struggle. What do you need God for? When we're broken and we're, we're Paul says, in troubles, under great pressure, beyond your ability of your own to do anything about it, you're despairing of life itself, and you feel like you have a life sentence on your head, who do you turn to? You turn to God. And then where we are weak, he is strong. His strength is made perfect in our weakness. So I am learning. You guys may already be good at it, but I'm learning, trying to learn how to grieve. My son, Kenny, has, has taught me that. Because in the middle of the pandemic, he's supposed to graduate from NYU. He worked really hard. He did it in three years instead of four, and he couldn't have a graduation ceremony. And what do you say as a parent? I know Mona and Danny. I know what good parents say. What do you say as a parent? I'm sorry. You worked so hard. I'm so proud. I'm sorry. And I'm not saying I did this terribly, but my go-to is like, Look on the bright side, you know? You're gonna, it's going to all work out. This pandemic's not here forever. Hey, you graduate, you still got your dream. I really don't think I did that, Caddy. I didn't mean to do that. But my go-to is that. You see someone you love who's struggling, and your go-to is, you know, keep on the sunny side, always on the sunny side. You know, accentuate the positive, eliminate the negative, right? Does that help folks when they're grieving? Someone just lost their 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 mother or father, their whole life, this person raised them. They lived a good life. That's your comfort. They lived a good life. They lived a long time. At least they didn't suffer. You just can't, I just can't stand to be in the grief with them. So because I'm uncomfortable, I want to wash it away with some simple little words. What's well, all good? It's not all good. So I'm trying to learn how to grieve. Kenny's teaching me. I'm, I'm sure my 31 minutes are up. So Peter, where am I? Okay, I got 10 more minutes. This is so great. Okay, so let's go to gratitude. We don't stay there. Debbie Downer. You know, I'm not going to give her all your, her quotes because remember how Jimmy Fallon just would laugh the whole, like he couldn't stay in character. Like I would just lose it. Um, E.R., just like, uh, you don't stay there. It's a, it's a process, not an address, Pastor Taylor used to say. But we got to go through the process. You, know, you don't want to stay. I'm never going to get over whatever you're, you're struggling with. But you got to be there got to work through it, right? So grief. Aren't you glad the scripture says uh, they relied on the Lord and he delivered them? Aren't you glad the scripture says he delivered us and he will deliver us again? See, we have, if our memory is long enough to remember the other hard times we've had in our life, we can remember, God got me through that. I never thought I would get through that, but he got me through that. So we got to be completely honest about this is hard. We have to be completely honest about God is able. God is able. God is able. We have a church that we uh, play hooky at once in a while when we're taking a break from graffiti. We go to a church uh, near us in Long Island, um, uh, Bethpage Assembly of God. And their website is not BethpageAssemblyGod.org uh, or Bethpage Assembly. Their website is God is able. 
Org. It's not about who, what our castle is, where our building is, who our leadership is, what our sign says. God is able. So we don't get stuck in that grief, but we got to be real about the grief so he can be real in his delivery. If he, they never acknowledged the trouble, they wouldn't acknowledge the delivery. They wouldn't be able to say, he delivered us from depression. If they said, we weren't depressed, we were fine. It was good. Perils, they weren't perils, they were just inconveniences. Then they couldn't say with all their hearts, he delivered us. So we have to have grief and gratitude. Let's do gratitude. It's more fun. Okay, you guys can take the earplugs out. Okay, I'll listen to this part because it's hard being honest about grief. But gratitude from verse 3 to 7 says this. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort. He comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves received from God. For just as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, so also our comfort abounds through Christ. If we are distressed, it is for your comfort and salvation. If we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which produces in you patience, endurance of the same sufferings we suffer. And our hope for you is firm, because we know that just as you share in our sufferings, so also you share in our comfort. See, when you've been through it and the Lord comforts you, he does that because he loves you. He wants you to be comforted, but so that you can comfort others. How many of you have lost a loved one? You went to the next funeral you went to a whole lot different. You provided a lot more comfort to those folks than before you went through your own grief. When we can get in touch with our own stuff and let God comfort us, then we know a little more what to say, which is often not what you say. Just be in there. Just be in there. Um, I shared about Kenny a little bit earlier. Um, Kenny went through that experience, and then my son Stephen graduated college. And, you know, let's face it, folks. I thought this pandemic was going to last two weeks. When Tanya said, I don't know how to plan for my summer program in 2020, I was like, Tanya, you know, our ch former children's director, I'm like, Tanya, this thing's going to be gone in a couple of days. Like, what are you worried about summer? And, you know, two years. So Kenny went through it, and then Stephen went through it. And Kenny could be a comfort to Stephen in a different kind of way because Kenny missed a lot of things in his year. He was going to be Sawyer Thompson in NYU's uh, production of Sawyer Thompson. He had the lead role in, uh, you know, this NYU production. It's going to be a big deal. And then, hey, I can always read the book to you, Kenny. You know, Huck Finn and Tom. I didn't say that. You know, but you get what I'm saying. You don't want to see people, and you yourself don't want to go through, so you miss an opportunity. Where Kenny let himself grieve. But then when Stephen had to go through the same thing, you know, miss certain things in his graduation, Kenny could just be like, bro, this is, stinks, man. I'm sorry. Right? When you grieve and let God comfort you, he teaches you how to comfort others. If you want to skip the grief, which is what sometimes we want to do, uh, you, you miss the comfort. And you miss the ability to comfort others. So thank God even for the suffering. Um, with that is gratitude. Do you see how much gratitude is here? It's like, thank you, God, that you delivered us. Praise be to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort. The, I think the greatest thing we see on this earth, I really believe this, the greatest thing we ever see is compassion. There would be no compassion without suffering. 
Compassion is the response to suffering. It's showing love and care to somebody who suffers. If there's no suffering, there's no compassion. We miss the greatest thing we could ever experience. doesn't make suffering good. It just makes compassion so, so, so good. So we can give God thank you, as, as he said. Lord, you're the father of compassion. Thank you for your comfort. Thank you for comforting us in our troubles so that we can comfort others. There's something about gratitude. It'll carry you through. It'll carry you through, but it'll carry others through too. Something so powerful about gratitude. We just did a sermon series about the four times in the New Testament where Jesus gives thanks. Every time that Jesus utters the words thanks, a miracle emerges. Some kid brings a bag lunch to a 5,000-plus person party. Jesus preaching on, you know, on a mount. There's all these people, and then it's lunchtime. Did you call the caterer? Like, what, how are we going to feed these people? And the little boy brings a little bag lunch. And it's like, shut up, kid. Like, what's this? We have thousands of people. So Jesus didn't say, multiply. Jesus didn't say, abracadabra. He lifted this little bag lunch, and he said, thank you. And then the miracle was born out of thanks. Right? And it happens over and over again. When he lost his friend, my favorite verse in the Bible, Jesus wept. How dare you, Kareem, or Christians who think we're not supposed to grieve? Jesus wept. He lost his friend, Lazarus. And what happens? He finds his friend dead. No more life in him. No chance to ever hug or embrace him again. And in that moment of recognizing great grief and great death and great tears, Jesus says, thank you. And then Lazarus is raised. He says, thank you, Lord, that you hear my prayers. Lazarus, come forth. Thank you. See how gratitude in the worst of situations, gratitude is not some acting like it didn't happen. Gratitude is the is the birthplace of the miracle out of the grief. But if we don't acknowledge the grief, we won't be delivered from the grief. If we don't acknowledge the sorrow, we won't see the miracle that is born out of gratitude in the midst of sorrow. Um, some of us have so much grief and anxiety and stress in our lives, some of us, myself included, that it affects your ability to sleep. You're in the middle of the night, you're taking melatonin, you're taking the prescription stuff, warm milk, lactose intolerant, I'm not doing that one. You do whatever you got to do to sleep. Um, and Kenny just did a show up in Pittsfield, Massachusetts. Do you guys remember uh, Irving Berlin's White Christmas? I'm dreaming, right? He did that uh, show. And one of the quintessential lines, it's actually a motif throughout the, the, the musically and lyrically throughout the storytelling of the show is, Count your blessings instead of sheep. Count your blessings instead of sheep. And that's a, a phrase that happens over and over again. It's not just be positive. Don't act like everything's okay. No, but in the midst of our grief, there are things to be thankful for. That he's with us. That it's not always going to be this way. That he delivered us before, he'll deliver us again. That there are people in our lives who have gone through something similar to this. God comforted them, and they know how to comfort me. And I'm so grateful. I see that time and time again. Someone is struggling. Their marriage, unfortunately, doesn't make it, and they're in a divorce. And sometimes, somehow, it's those who've had that experience. 
that are able to comfort them better than anyone else. Um, there's a name for losing your parents. It's called orphan. There's not a name for someone who loses a child. And when we see that in a person's life, we need to do everything we can to support them. But there's something about someone who has had that experience who can provide that comfort better than the rest of us can. So the things that God is dragging us through, Lord, why have you forsaken me? Why have you abandoned me? Why is there so much grief? Why is there still war? Lord, help me understand why people are still killing people. Like, I just don't, I remember as a kid, I used to listen to Sting, and he had this song called, History Will Teach Us Nothing. And I was like, Sting, you arrogant, pessimistic, like, of course we've learned that war is dumb, you know? We're in the middle, you know, it's like, I just lament. I don't have words, but I just know that I have to be honest about the grief, and I have to give thanks to God. I have to pray. I've talked to so many brothers who are Ukrainian, whose family members are presently trying to flee, and I say, how do we support you? And they say, pray. I'm like, what is pr what's prayer got to do with it? You know, like, we got to go in there and stop something. And he said, Every warfare is a spiritual warfare. We have to believe that God is able in the midst of our sorrow, in the midst of our grief, in the midst of our war, in the midst of our challenges. God is able, and we have to pray that way. Peter, tell me how am I doing? <laughs> That's all I have for you today. I want to thank you all so much. Oh, man, it does my heart good. To be with you. It really does. I, I just don't know how to say it other than thank you for letting me worship with you today. Thank you for the way you partner with graffiti for us to do the ministry that we do every day to meet people's needs. Thank you. Some of you, many of you have been honest with me about challenges and for inspiring me to try to do that better myself. Um, and I guess I just want to pray if that's okay. I just want to pray and give you a space to express your grief to the Lord, your grief and your gratitude. Wherever you are right now, you can do that silently or however you feel comfortable. Give Christ your burdens. Lord, thank you for hearing us. Lord, thank you for being with us. Thank you, Lord. Lord, as we express our grief, we also express our gratitude. Thank you. We can be honest with you. We can be broken with you and that you're near to the brokenhearted. God, thank you for your comfort that has allowed us to comfort others. Lord, where would Graffiti Church be without Compass Fellowship? Coming alongside us to comfort those in our neighborhood without food, without clothing, in need of your love and your salvation. Thank you that the journey of Compass and the struggles they have faced individually and maybe collectively have allowed them to be more compassionate as you are the God of compassion. Give us uh, a good time to just uh, show gratitude through fellowship. and Lord, thank you. In the midst of our grief, we're not alone. You're with us. In Jesus' name we pray.